They come from the bush, they come from the city To belt the blues just for fun From a man as a pub to a bar in the valley For King Wally and Artie once run This is Origin, and please, the game we love And we go back to where it all got started Two boys on the Caxton Street Hill Heroes and we love them all still. The stories of footy are here for everyone. Welcome back to Origin of the Series and welcome back, Jeff. Thank you, Stephen. Nice to nice to be back. We're in well, we're in nineteen eighty six at the moment, aren't we? We're in well, our prime. we are. We're, we're in mid-1986 and not having any fun with the footy so far. No, that's why we're going to deflect from the footy and, uh, and, and turn to a, um, a special guest. Excellent. Uh, yeah, Let's so do that. I'd like to introduce... Now, if you're from Brisbane, you will, know, you will know our next guest. He's not a footy player. He's had a stellar 50-plus year career in mainly radio, but also TV. He's still working a little bit. He's, he started out, um, as you do in radio, in regional radio. So he, um, he did, his time in, did his time in the bush, including Bundaberg. We'll talk about that a bit, a bit more. Then came to the city. He worked in – now, this is where I first met, I first met um, our, our guest. He's still a mystery. I, I, met, um, I met him at 4KQ, my very first job in 1984 when it was a country music station. Uh, then he went on to work at uh, – I think I'm getting the order right. Um, B105, which became a mega, mega successful station for a different, completely different audience. Then Triple M, which is a rock station. You also filled in time doing uh, news talk. Amazing career. But the, the thing that really, um, really wanted us to get, to get him on the show was the fact he's had his finger on the pulse of Queensland and Brisbane for 50, 50 plus years. So if anybody knows what origin means to Queensland, it's... Um, Ian Skippen. So welcome, Skip. Thanks, thanks for um, thanks for dropping in. Yeah, thank you for the invite, guys. Um, I'm not an expert on state of origin, but um, I am passionate because I am a Queenslander, uh, <laughs> which came after 1986. But uh, I do love I do love origin and what it has done to our state and what what it brings to me because. It does excite me. It does excite everybody in the household, especially my wife. But, um, oh, my God, here we go again. Uh, origin. So, oh, you're going to get ribs? Yeah, I am. But she doesn't like <laughs> so, ribs. Yeah, talk, us, talk us through Origin Night at, at your place, Skip. Well, I, for some reason, I, I love to do ribs, beef ribs. Marinated beef ribs. I can't buy them from the butcher already done. I'd love to do them myself. And that can take various forms. I try different rib marinades and then do them in the oven. Then at half time, the ribs will come out big, juicy, fat beef ribs. I've sometimes done pork. But uh, so that's, and while the ribs are being done over maybe a couple of days marinating, and I've got my Bobby Lindner. Jersey, the number is no longer on it, um, and Linda's name is not on it either. But it was Linda's jersey, and was it exactly jersey? It's got the short sleeve. No, it was a knockoff, and right. it's got all yeah, the old sponsorship on it, and it's got the short sleeve. 
that was when they were football advertising was still on the uh, on the jersey and pouring. Yeah. So uh, I don't even know what date that was when I got that. But so that's what I do. I put it on and I watch State of Origin on a big screen. I got a big screen downstairs, on like an overhead projector and stuff. So I get in there, few beers and the ribs, and it's Origin night. So through the years with working and working in, in, in radio, I mean, you would have got to, to know a lot of the players. You obviously would have interviewed them, had them into the radio stations at you know, various various times. So, you know, you would have, um, you would have some good memories of, 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 those, of those, um, those meetings and those friendships, I guess, you've formed with players. Yeah. Well, when we had, in the early days of, so when I was at 4KQ, so I left there in 1988, uh, so Origin already started in, what, 1980, yeah. been going eight years. And yeah. I didn't have a lot of involvement because we weren't into the, uh, the the scene of Origin, I guess, as it were. I might have been at home, but it came latterly when uh, FM radio certainly embraced because as we That's came right. on board, so too did Powers Brewing and the Broncos. Yeah, And mm. we were the new kids on the block in Brisbane. And we just took over. And as the the Broncos became uh, one with us, because we were sponsored to them, Broncos players, of course, who were playing Origin, we always had a Broncos player as part of our, our sports uh, team. We, like we had Steve Renoff. Um, Latterly, we had Corey Parker. Uh, Lazo, well, he was playing for the others. But um, yeah, yeah right. we, had, we had a lot of different players. Associated with Jason, uh, who had to go if they were, you know, a New South Welshman. Well, they weren't going to be part of what we were doing on State of Origin. But we did see, we had uh, people dressing up, uh, and I guess they do in New South Wales as well, but people dressing up their streets, mm. their houses. Still today, people are doing it. Cul de sacs mm. and single houses, people take Origin to the rooftops. Yeah, we got a place around the corner that does that every every single year, and um, and yeah, as you, as as we know, like you, you can hear it, you can hear, you can hear what's going on with the game, depending on the, the roars coming from around. Yeah. The, around. Well, there's silence and groans. Well, there's silence, yeah. <laughs> Not very often. Eighty-six, probably, yeah. Yeah, but uh, look, it's, it's there's some amazing memories, and I love the. I love the history of the way it all came together. We got belted by the New South Wales guys with a lot of Queensland players in over a long, long time. And then when the centre of the great Ron McCullough decided we're going to do a state of origin, because AFL have been doing it for a while, haven't they? They had it. Yeah, they had. That's where that's where McCullough. It's, I mean, it's, an, it's another long story, but McCullough is attributed to um, uh, inventing it. But it happened in it had happened in. Um, in, in VFL, um, and you know, just it just wasn't Ron McCall, but he he I think I think his genius was identifying what it would mean to Queenslanders because obviously we know the Blues thought it was a novelty game, but I think they did recognise something had to be done. Um, but, but from you know from anything that I've I've learned over the years with McCall, if he said let's make this let's make this happen, make it work, you know, and then of course having Artie Beaton and having that perfect storm with Wally coming through and Mal coming through, yeah, you know, immortals coming through. Like, how often do you get you know, either that, that that perfect that perfect storm? So, 
Um, well, it was. I love the stories because Tossa Turner, Dick Tossa Turner, yeah. Redcliffe Icon, and uh, McAuliffe, and the way Tossa, um, he instilled in this the, these guys, and not that he had to instill too much, I guess, because Hardy Beatson was legendary. But when they came back from their respective New South Wales clubs to play for Queensland, and that there was only one game, wasn't it, 1980? That was. Yeah, yeah, last game. Yeah, and we won. But uh, it ignited in that passion, I think, as everyone has come on, subsequent to that, they have all bought into the jersey. You are pulling it on for everybody in Queensland. And that, I don't even know today. I think the New South Wales, they think it's bullshit, you know, they're, yeah. they're still running with two legs. They're not bulletproof. But, man, they think they're superhuman when they pull on a maroon jersey. Yeah. And it, it's funny that this um, this comes up when we talk to um, players. And, and in fact, we spoke to uh, now a friend of the of the pod, Greg Chappell, and he was talking about the same thing. Gregory Stephen uh, Chapel, thank you. Gregory Stephen Chapel, yeah, um, <laughs> great friend of the pod. And in fact, I, I was just thinking before, Skip, when you were talking about that sort of the early gestation of uh, of Origin, um, Greg was telling us that um, you know his uh, his sort of closest business uh, partner was Barry Maranta, and a, lo- a lot Barry Maranta was involved in discussions at the start of uh, Origin or pre Origin. So a lot of those meetings were happening in the same office as Greg was sitting in. Um, so you know, it's funny that uh, how what a village um, Brisbane really is or was. That you know, all of these things are, are happening uh, sort of at at the same time as Queensland is just sort of rapidly. Uh, I don't know. I hate the term growing up, but rapidly maturing into into the sort of the sporting behemoth that it is now. Well, we've been, yeah, we were seen by the South to be uh, a cultural backwater. Yeah, yeah, for so long, and um, I guess Expo '88 was a sort of a turning point for us uh, in the growing up in Brisbane and the way dining laws and everything have changed, and and like now, it's just it's a super city. Yeah, well, I, I was, I, I think I mentioned it last last show, Steve, but there were some. Um, New York Times uh, were reporting on, you know, those travel guides that, um, you know, talk about the, the hottest places in the world at the moment. And Brisbane mm. was the only one that appeared on this, on this, on this, you know, reputable, I forget the name of the publication, but it was connected to the Times. And you go, when you look at it, you look at, um, you've got, you've got, um, you Bluey, the sensation of Bluey now. You've got the sensation of Boy Swallows Universe. I took a mate from Melbourne out to Dara Station because he wanted to see Dara because that features in. <laughs> so I see the train here every day. I cannot believe I'm taking a cool guy from inner city Melbourne to Dara. Um, so, you know, and then the Olympics, of course. And, and I mean, we, you know, we're looking through rose-coloured glasses to say that that happened because of Origin, but it's not just because of that, but certainly, certainly part of it, part of this confidence and getting that chip off our shoulder that and you know you talk to you talk to young adults now just adults now they don't know that thing that we had about being a cultural backwater and being second to new south wales and being hillbillies and having a corrupt government and all that kind of stuff <laughs> you know. did we have a corrupt government 
<laughs> I, I found out. I found, we, well, we had Matt Condon on the show previously. And he, oh, he, well, he knows about that. He told me about it and I was so shocked oh. and stunned. <laughs> <laughs> so then you had no idea. No. The paper bag just arrived every week and that was it. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, that's, so, a, that's uh, Jeff, just before you move on, uh, this Dara Station thing intrigues me. So uh, obviously I, I don't live in uh, Brisbane anymore and I haven't for a very long time. Uh, so is the Dara Station thing, is this a Boy Swallows Universe um, Yeah, so reference? it was set in, um, it was set in uh, as a child. Well, the, the lead character grew, grew up um, uh, in, and lived in, lived in Dara. The, the, later on he moved to Brackenridge. But early part, he, talks, he talks about Dara, the Vietnamese restaurants there. He also talks to going to the Jindalee Pool and also going to a house in Jamboree Heights to do some kind of drug deal, I think. So this is, this is where this was our stomping ground in, in <laughs> the 70s and early 80s. I did not see this happening. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's incredible, isn't it, to think it's, it's – and look, everyone in Brisbane's just – I think there are already tours of that kind of thing. That, that'll, that'll happen. They are. But, they're, um, doing, they're doing that because Dara yeah. – because there's a, a big Asian community around Dara now. That's yeah. a very, very good Vietnamese restaurant. But oh, my, yeah. Uh, mentioning that we're digressing now from origin, but – that's right. That's Trent all right. Dalton, Trent Dalton, right? Hmm. All he, he loves football. When Trent Dalton was a juniors um, reporter for one of the local rags, um, finding his foot, a feet as a journalist, he came out to do a story on me at our place. And my two young boys, no interest, but he started passing it. They had a football with him. He started passing a football around the pool to the boys. He had a pretty good pass. He was in some sort of junior program with the Broncos. Some oh, was junior he really? Program, yeah. So, and every time I talk to Trent, I say, yeah, those little boys you threw the footy at. And he came to one of the boys' school later and gave one of the boys a student prize when he was the guest at the speech night or the celebration of achievement night and um, did his speech. And um, this is before Boy Swallows Universe, of course. But he rambled off about 45 minutes. I thought, is this guy ever going to draw breath? <laughs> but he's ah. a, great, a great storyteller and a great journalist. Well, but, I yeah. remember before Boy Swallows Universe, I remember reading some of his feature stories in the weekend yep. magazine. I'm going, this is, these are, they always get the good journal, obviously, good feature writers, but there's something about it. And I just went, oh, there's something about this guy. Then I worked out he's from Brisbane, but then. This is before the Boy Swallows Universe phenomenon, but yes. And I also was talking to Matt Condon about it because Matt was his um, editor and probably mentor. Yeah. Matt's pretty humble, so he didn't, wouldn't, didn't really um, talk too much about it. But um, yes, he's, um, he's, um, he's, he's come a long way, hasn't he? God, it's just amazing. that, um, and, it, and it's similar to Bluey. You go, that's a worldwide phenomenon. You know, that's just, it's, it's put, I reckon it's put Brisbane on the map more than the Olympics. <laughs> you know, so. Don't mention the Olympics. Well, what's going to happen? No, we're, we're, we're going to mention the Olympics, Skip, because that, that's, that's on my list for today. I want to get your thoughts on, on this one. But we'll come to that. We'll okay. come to that. It's a hot, a hot subject, that one. But the, the, just finishing off that Boyce Wells Universe thing, I, I was chatting with uh, Jeff with one of our great mates, Terry Arnold, there not so long back, and he yeah. was telling me that he had brought friends out to show them around Dara, and I mm. didn't know that this was like a, yeah. a cultural hotspot you now. You did not know you would go, what is going on? What? Well, that's exactly what I said to him. What are you, what are you doing? 
don't don't show them that bit. They must be somewhere better than that that you yeah. can think of. Um, so yeah, I did. I just didn't. I didn't know that this had oh, become look, yeah, it was, it's cultural hilarious. gold. Yeah, that was that's amazing. great. That was that was my. I I, I went to Darra Station every day for on the way to school for five yeah. years, not knowing that I was treading, you know, on the, the holy uh, ground. cultural holy ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. I'm going to send you some photos that I took the other day. No. The, the, <laughs> the culinary delights of Dara, like West the cement, work, the cement Works is oh. not, I don't think the Cement Works is operating, but the Bowls Club, the Cementco Bowls Club is still there. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And the Polish Club is still there because before the Vietnamese, it was Pol- more Polish and Eastern European. I remember, I remember a lot of kids, because uh, my little sister actually went to the Catholic school at Dara, uh, oh, and went okay. to school. a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of Polish mainly, mainly I think. But anyway, then then in seventy four, seventy five, with the with the Vietnamese um, refugee situation, which was great because it just added so many so many good Vietnamese restaurants we could go to later on as we got bit older. Exactly. So, um, what was it, Jeff? What was the name of that place that we used to go there with Bud and Cell? Is Kim that Tan. Kim, Kim Tan? Tan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was great. Quan Hing. Cameron is still there, but that was that was. And do you know what it was like? You'd go there, and all 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 uh, all the Anglo's would be eating something different to the, the locals, and you go, hey, "What are they? What have they got that we <laughs> we haven't yeah. got?" <laughs> you got to try the fur. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, yeah, it's um. The, well, there you go, Steve. Is that enough to draw you back back to back to Brisbane? <laughs> Well, no, I, I, I'm just uncomfortable talking about food right now because oh, yeah, it's been yeah. so, so long since I enjoyed any. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. There you go, Dara. Who, who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Yeah, and that's because friend, my mate who I, I took there the other day. He, he's even his kids thought it was made up because the name is so Dara. It sounds it's like it's not very poetic, is it? So anyway, let's leave Dara alone. I love Dara. So my yeah, best mate. Yeah. When it's I was in school, um, yeah, it's, it's just background. Yeah, so, so let's back, so, back to footy, hey? Yeah, back back to <laughs> footy, back to the back to the mid eighties. So, um, so just uh, um, Jeff, you and you and Skip go way back. Um, me and Skip only interacted, and I know uh, there's absolutely no chance of uh, Skip remembering this, but I used to come in to visit you for lunch regularly and mm. uh and hang out in the uh in the studio from time to time yeah and would uh watch uh skip signing off his show and watch jim pilgrim signing on to uh to his show um a, a guy that now I, I don't know if he has any um any footprint in uh in brisbane at all anymore but i thought he was just the the nicest funniest man uh jim. in the world with with the best radio voice I've ever heard. Oh, well, sorry, that, Skip. That came through many, many cigarettes and many, many drinks. <laughs> Jim, yeah. Jim's gone to the big broadcasting house in the sky. Yeah, so I believe. Yeah, he's, uh, he was. He, and he. This is the. This is the kids. Any kids listening? Um, this is the. This is when we had played vinyl live to air. Had two turntables going. So Jim would have turntable there. Then we had quarter inch tape. Two quarter-inch tape reel-to-reel machines up the back. Um, so you had yeah, two turntables, two reel-to-reels. You've got, you got a mic going. God knows what else. Skip, you know better than me. But, but, but Jim would also have two or three cigarettes going too. 
He seriously would. He would seriously have a cigarette at each at each at each uh, workstation. The days was, when oh, a lovely bloke, lovely bloke. Um, oh yeah, great voice. He was an ex navy uh, guy, and he and was. Yeah, I didn't find this out till later because he never showed any signs when he was working. Like he was a very good pianist. Are you kidding? Really? I had no idea until at his funeral. No idea. Yeah. He never ever gave any indication that he bashed out good tunes on a piano. He loved because he loved to come across as the working class bloke because he also did rally car driving yep. at a very serious, serious, serious level. To, but to the yep. point where he'd come in on Monday morning with a the kids. Here's another flashback: a cassette, and he'd play the cassette and he'd go, "This is me rally driving on the weekend." And you'd hear, "Oh shit!" Yeah, nearly hit a tree then, and just go ages. It was the most boring thing, um, but because he loved it so much, he, he, he was living it in his head. The words going, "Oh Jesus, Jim, <laughs> give it a break." At the time, we would get dressed up for promotional photos, and our promote our marketing the lady would say, "You could put Jim in the best suit, and in five minutes he'd look like a bucket of shit." Jim. Didn't care, yeah. Funny, yeah. Well, that, that was uh, that was KQ in the in the in the mid eighties. Yeah, um, this country in the world. Yeah, I, I was. We've we've mentioned this before, but I, I still like a lot of country music, and I think Jeff, you you still. Um, I went to the Tamworth in... Country Music Festival a couple of weeks ago. I love country right. music. Yeah, um, I still yeah. do. I love. I, Excellent. Last year, I went on a tour of went to Nashville and. I mean, went to Memphis. That's got more rock, rock and roll history, of course. But um, yeah, I just think as you get older, you realise a lot of it's pretty much the same. It's just good storytelling, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, but, well, uh, I, I liked it as a as a kid. It's, it's one of the things I actually got from my mother. Um, she um, she would just constantly have country music um, playing on the on the turntable at, at home. So you know, my my youth had a had a sort of a a soundtrack of you know, Frankie Lane and Hank Williams and Johnny Cash and yep. and all those sorts of guys. So, and, and now here's a, here's a little secret that I haven't often uh, fessed up. Um, I I had listened to KQ long before you went to work there, Jeff. And um, oh, and, hello. And, and long <laughs> after you left, ourselves as Triple Z guys. Didn't we? <laughs> we thought we yeah. Were, we, yeah we were anarchists. We weren't anarchists. We thought we, we, thought we were pretty edgy. Yeah, well, not not so much. Now, yeah, we we did have a foot in that in the Triple Z camp, but I left one foot pretty firmly in the KQ, the the glory KQ days. So there you go. Well, I hated it because when I was yes. in the, I had to play. We had four turntables in the uh, that Forview Bundaberg and Forview Charleville, but um, so you had to play the shit kicker music and uh, yes. As, yes. As, Described and I had to play Slim Dusty. Trumby was a ringer. He couldn't, right? But I grew to love Slim and Joy, uh, great bards of the bush, because they their songs resonate. And Troy Cassidy and um, Lee Kernigan, when he he was playing yeah. a grand piano in a white suit when I first met Lee, because his dad used to drive trucks around Australia. Ray Kernigan and used to put out these uh, right. all these albums. But Lee then sort of morphed into what he is today to to country music. But I love 
I love Johnny Cashman, Elvis, see, all those guys, they grew up on all that stuff, gospel to country and whatever. And uh, Johnny Cash, oh, yeah, one of my great, the greatest songs I love is um, Hurt, the Nine Inch Nails mm. song that uh, yeah, Johnny Cash did with Rick, in, um, with Rick Rubin, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, yes. And the Johnny Cash Museum in Nashville, which I spent about three hours. I didn't realise you meant to only you had a time limit. But I was there for about three or four hours. Um, and the last thing, one of the last setups is um, they're playing. They're playing Hurt um, oh. behind his actual desk, and his his actual or what would have been his desk at home has just been has been moved. The other interesting thing. There's a, there's a poster of Johnny Cash touring Australia at some point, and on the and on the um, supporting him is uh, Troy Cassadaly. So it's a poster in the in the in the Johnny Cash Museum in Nashville. So I don't know if Troy knows that, but I mean that's that's something. You know how seriously they take that stuff in Nashville. So he's in the Johnny Cash Museum. So well, you know, uh, when yeah. Johnny Cash would tour here, he had friends outside Stanthorpe. Yes, he would always go and stay with them. Whenever he came to Australia, always part of the tour, he'd end up, I don't know what their names were. But now they, they now they have a Johnny Cash festival at Stanthorpe every year. Oh, do they? Do, yes. Oh. I'd love to go. Skip, we'll go, okay? Um, because, yeah, they do. And Because I knew he – I remember, and you'll remember this, one of my first jobs at, at 4KQ was a junior copywriter, and I'd write all the ads for Twin Towns. Who was playing at Twin Towns? Johnny Cash, when he, in his down and out years, would play at Twin Towns, not to empty rooms. It certainly was way before his resurgence. And you know, yeah. imagine, you can imagine him playing at the Twin Towns at down, you know, down at uh, Tweed Heads there. And there, there, there'd be things like Jerry and the Pacemakers and that kind of thing. But yeah, now I think God, and I never went. Now you think God, can you imagine him playing there? You know, you would miss it. Would it, you? It just doesn't seem right that there was a time when, when I mean, unfashionable. And, you know? Yeah, that 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 was the best gig he could get. You know, sorry, sorry, Twin Towns, but um, you know Didn't that he, was he had a down and out time, but his his voice was always so never changed, never changed, so, yeah. so rich. And when you hear him sing, hurt. And that was in his mm. twilight years, but it mm. comes from it comes from a deep place. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. State of origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so. So here's the game, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, here's Skip, the, 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 my my question is: What changed in Brisbane with the uh, with the onset of uh, Origin? Did anything change culturally? Did it did it have a, an impact on the um, on the on the people of Queensland? I don't know if it any one thing, but I think because of the way it was embraced all the time by the players coming through and what the older players had instilled and the Dick Tosser Turner, the legends, all those things, they they knew the importance of the jersey and the importance of what it was when they won and they'd take it to all the corners of Queensland, they'd mm. take that field and, and knocked it around a fair bit, I think, uh, the, the Norm Proven um, Cup, whatever it is. No, not that's the grand final, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Wally, Wally and yeah, no, uh, that's the other one. Brett Kenny. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but um, they would take it around um, to the back blocks 
uh, and give everyone a, a feel of, and a taste of what it was like to be part of. Everyone's part of it, not just the team, but all of Queensland. And they play for the all of, all of Queensland. I think that, and I don't know when that happened, if it was from the outset or if it's just something that grew. I don't know if there was an actual I still, I still talk about I know Billy Slater talked about it, that exact thing last year. But I remember when, um, was it 2016? It was a year when Darren Lockyer scored that try when if they didn't win that series, everyone was saying Origin might not be. That wouldn't be 2016. It must have been earlier. But, you know, Origin, when Lockyer scooped up that try. And, right, and he scored. went through on the intercept. Yeah, and and at the end, he, at the end, he said, "This is for you. This is for everyone. This is for you, Queensland." There's not none of that. Aren't we great? And what here's a dynasty and all that kind of stuff. And um, there's that. It's it's that humility, and I think it is that. And to the point, I, I talk about this quite often too. You know, they take it to every corner of the state, but they genuinely do. And you know, they got the postcode promotion thing, but that's that's just amplifying the fact that they take time out and it's an important part of Origin Camp to go to remote regional areas because... Well, um, even this latest, um, the latest camp, now we've got the games up till a few months away, yeah, but they just assembled all the Origin, I guess, what will be the squad and those who are who will come on in the future. They've assembled those in Brisbane at a camp and they've had players, former Origin, well, Chris Foggs is now a big thing, former yeah. Origin race. So they are an entity in themselves, and they have this um, input into the current team. So past players aren't that far removed from it. No. Uh, and they've had them on the coaching staff, like JT is on there. Cameron Smith decided not to this year, but having Billy Slater, whose passion for Queensland and for the Queensland origin team is just legendary. They, these guys, they live, breathe. Eat and flat. It's yeah. Isn't isn't it funny that in um, in rugby league and in Queensland state of origin rugby league in particular, the um, the connection between the former players and the current players is a very positive um, thing. The relationship is positive, and to the you, you, as as public, we can see that you know that there is a warm connection. Um, between the two. And then you look across to cricket where the connection between past players and current players is just cancer. It's poison. And and we just don't seem to be able to get beyond the um, the sort of, well, we, we were better than you and, you know, we had it tougher and all that sort of stuff. None of that ever happens in um, Queensland State of Origin. And they would be making a lot more money t- today as players than the past right. players. I was just thinking that, yes. Not as, it's not as stratospheric as the cricketers because the IPL wasn't around. We won the Shield eventually and, and won it quite a few times. And I remember the celebrations. And that Shield was knocked around terribly as they took that around the state with Jimmy Martin. Yeah. And I was there in their rooms after they won that day. And, oh, yeah. man. And <laughs> we had Jimmy on air the next day. Uh, as we've had Origin players, like we've had Alfie on after an Origin um, series victory. And... Uh, Thank God. Should we be having him on the radio? <laughs> because you never knew what Alfie was was going to say, you know. But he's still there. Um, yeah, he's, he's, no, he's saying, you know he's, he's he's in the camp. But he's, you know, he's, he's fourteenth player. Well, he's part of. He spends more time on the field than he did when he was actually playing. But um, 
interesting though, but there's like the I think the the money differential in cricket is so much more than what it is in rugby league, but it doesn't seem to come into the psyche. The old players they in cricket they knew that they they didn't get rewarded. Well, well, when Kerry Packer's um, the pajama game came along, World Series and stuff, but they got more money, but nothing like today. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, but the, I I think the um, I, I, don't, I don't want to make this too cricket centric, but um, you know the players from maybe twenty years ago, you know, sort of the uh, that Halcyon team of you know Hayden and um, who else Langer, Langer. and uh, Ponting, all, all those fellows. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to have the fraternal um, community uh, vibe that you get from the Origin guys um, and. And I just it just strikes me as just such a contrast that um, for whatever reason, actually, I have you know, a new theory on this. Reason. I know what the reason you know, is. Go. I reckon it's because the Australian team is an assemblage of players from all the states. Right. Right. Origin is Queensland and New South Wales. That's it. Excellent. Excellent. And that, so that is got a, that, you got that crux of it. Perfect. Thanks, Skip. Perfect segue to my new theory on why um, <laughs> why we have this us versus them. I've been thinking a lot about this. <laughs> so um, the new theory, uh, the developed theory, is pre-origin when, Jeff, you and I would go along to uh, interstate games. Now, we were only real young fellas, but even then I was very conscious of the fact that we were absolute um, uh, in, t- in rugby league um, terms, you know, we were on a hiding to nothing. Every time we turned up for those games, we were going to get absolutely well, flogged. Well, if we didn't get a hiding, it was kind of brave and almost a win. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and still forms part of the the sort of the, 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 the collective psyche at the time, which was uh, still very proud of our guys. And yes, we were getting beaten and sometimes uh, badly, but these were our guys. And they were the, the best of our guys. And every on on the sideline, we were making every tackle with these guys, and we were behind the posts after we conceded yet another try. And that it was a, sort of a collective, um, what that you know that sort of groupthink thing of we're all getting beaten together. And so my my new theory is that we carried that through, and that's never left us. And uh, and now we're all winning together. We are all still um, that same bunch of guys. Now I know it's not. I know it's the sons and grandsons, probably, or granddaughters of the people that were there. Um, but um, it's still that group that experienced all the lows, and we're experiencing all the highs together. But the important word there is we're all still together. Yeah. So there you go. That that's yeah, my new theory. That's that's fair enough too. And those those moments that that take on something else, like when Wally used to drive the bus all the time. Yeah. yeah. All those all those legends, the story of Billy Moore running through the tunnel and calling Queenslander. Uh, and they were, the New South Wales team was going to bash the first person uh, who even mentioned the Queenslander call on, on the field. So they took yeah. it to another level. Um, the Raging Bull... Uh, yeah. It would just um, Gordon Tallis ragdolling 
whoever it was over the sideline. <laughs> John Hodgson, yeah. wasn't it? Hodgson, yeah, yeah. Brett Hodgson. Brett Hodgson. Yeah. In Sydney, kept, yeah, yes. Yeah, hurling him over the sideline. And yeah. when the sh- um, when Wally stood up to Mark Geyer, with like shirt front, yes. one of those classic origin photos. So all those well, things, yeah, all those so, moments, all those moments, wasn't it? It's like it's it's like they understood the the, the value of a, a moment in time, as if they could see a snapshot of that would live on forever. You know, it was, yeah. It was, but so, all of those they, things, they they all sit on top of what came before. So you know, it's yeah. it's grounded in in something real. Whereas in New South Wales' case, I don't think it's grounded in anything. It's just what the game we've got in front of us today. Yeah, and I don't know why. No, I think they say, I think um, Brad Pitt will say, you know, it's just crap, you know, this yeah. Queensland thing. But it's not. It is It is very, very real, and I just don't think they get it. Um, they might well, think that they've made that long live. That, yeah, that, I know. That. <laughs> if they, they go into camp like we do, they do everything else, and maybe they go to schools and they travel the state when they win, yeah. when they win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't like to lose, but we certainly, certainly celebrate the victories. But it comes from all those things. Like I was at the game in Melbourne when the Neville Nobodies, uh, when Super League happened, we were down mm, there yeah. doing a broadcast, and we went to the Melbourne Cricket Ground and watched the Fatty's team of no ones when he didn't yes. even know who Ben Eichen was in the lift, and the, when they first got <laughs> together in Brisbane, and he's he's still the youngest ever player, isn't he, Ben Eichen, to play Origin? Yeah. He, he wasn't even 18. And he had to introduce himself to Fatty in the lift, and Fatty thought he was some hanger-on who wanted to come up for an autograph. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I went to so, that first playing park, and, yeah, the whole – that. I mean, that's – yeah, once again, when the, the Neville Nobodies and, like, Gilmeister came out of the yeah, – came out of, out of his hospital bed to play when he was told not to, and all those all those stories. And um, I yeah. still – I like playing too, and this is all – part of the, the collective and what you've been saying, Steve, and about Tossa Turner and so on. But Queensland has a, has a story, and it's a true mm. story about being the underdog, losing for years, um, the humility, travelling to you know, regional places, and, and it's all very true and authentic. New South Wales don't have a story because they just used to win and now – and they don't – they don't um, – yeah, they don't have a, a, an identifiable character. It's they they they've had some of the best players and they were dominant for so long oh, and, you, yeah. and you can't you know they 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 need to um, find out what they stand for because we know what we stand for you know and maybe they have mm. a good product reel as well that they can show some of their great highlights but things when you see that classic try where and they were nearly all Broncos involved Mark Coyne wasn't I think Mark he was Coyne like, yeah George. oh yeah. Well, he's sort of tried. Tried. Yeah. But that well, they came from nothing and but they were all Broncos players handling that ball in the back line and Steve made that break and then it went off. Oh. And Mark Quinn yeah. scoring. Or that when Lockie put that chip kick through for Billy Slater and he chip kicked, chip kicked and ended up scoring. I mean there's just so many yeah things you go, Oh bloody hell, how how special was that? And you're out of your chair. Nothing like being at the game I know. But the ribs and your jersey on at home on the big screen, <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to drive. And But, you know, the, it's the atmosphere of the game is at uh, Suncorp or Lang Park, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty Lang well Park. Special. And it doesn't matter if you're in a corporate box, there are 
it's not nothing like being there and hearing the hits and feeling yes. the crowd. Yeah. And even half the time when you can't see stuff, but you just know, even if it's if even if you're you're in the the Milton Road Hale Street corner and they've scored over in the top Caxton Street, <laughs> you go, which I remember. I forget what try it was, but I do remember it. And you just go, "We scored!" Like, yeah, <laughs> you know that well, you're there and you you get but, that you feed off, you feed off the tribalism, don't you? It's fantastic. Yeah. But the trouble is also when you're at the game, and I've been there subsequently to Broncos games. And you find yourself being drawn, even though there's a game happening on the football field, you find yourself being drawn to the big screen, mm. which is pretty mm. pretty sad, really, but it's just... It's, we might as well be at home. Well, exactly. It's like going to a concert. You know, you go to the big stadium and you, the only way you can see anything is on the big, it's on the big screen. So yeah. Might as well hire a set online, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So speaking of big picture, we're going to come back to footy again, but um, we uh, we mentioned this uh, before, and uh, I'm not going to let you go, Skip, without talking about the Olympics in Brisbane. And um, uh, I uh, and and but before I, I throw any any shade on this, as I want to do, um, what's your view? How how are we going? And uh, what's it going to look like? Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's so different. expand on that, please. Well, I think it's just been it's been badly handled because it's been a political football, and I think there's been too many egos involved, and decisions were made because of that that weren't sitting right at all. And people can say, "Oh, the East Brisbane State School and the Gabbery development." Look, the Gabber is an aging facility; it doesn't it doesn't compete with the new Adelaide and the new Perth Arena, but it is such a it's such a, foot, a political football uh, to coin a term that um, I think they're going to walk away from. They won't touch it now. And I think originally, I think the uh, part of the, our setup was they're not supposed to uh, in in submitting to Olympics um, to get the Olympics. You're not supposed to, in the current form, build massive new things that are going yeah. to cost the, right. the economy yeah. billions that you're not going to get the bang for the buck down the track. Yeah. So, and they were going to have to do that. It was going to be $4 billion now for the Gabba. And I think in the end, it's just on the nose when you've got community housing issues, and all those things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other important things in the Olympics, and we're now three years behind the April. I don't know what they're going to do this. John Coates is coming to town. Okay, and I think um, the shit sandwich has been handled, handed to the ex-Lord Mayor Grant Quirk by Stephen Miles saying, nothing to do with me, it's over there, now it's your problem. He was part of it all with Anastasia Palaszczuk. He was part of it when they go to do it all. But now he stepped back and John Coates has gone and said, right, he, well, he is the most powerful man in Australian sport anyway. So he said, well, it ain't going ahead. It's dead in the water. So... Yeah. Mm. I don't know if they, Suncorp is going to be the answer or QE2, but they can massage those. But then they might even run a street, um, the Roma Street Forum, whatever that's called. Um, the parklands. Park, not the parklands. The, the um, Brisbane Auditorium, they get a bit, the Harvey Lister was behind. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Brisbane, you know, and you've Brisbane also got the, ex the exhibition grounds as well, which is an amazing 
facility, isn't it? Right in the middle yeah, of yeah. the city, really. Um, yeah, I know because when 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 the bid was put in and won, and there's all this talk about how sustainable it was, and we weren't going to be building white elephants and all that kind of thing, you thought, well, they obviously have a really good plan. They've made a great submission. Then they start talking about because I do some work with um, uh, with, with people at the Gabba, and I was saying, well, where are the Lions going to play, and who's doing this, and what's happening there? They go, oh, we, nobody really knows yet. And you go, wasn't that all thought through? Um, well, yeah, I don't understand that that has been the case, but it's now it just looks like the, the gabble won't happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's made a lot of people very, very happy. Um, uh, and, yes, absolutely. And four Because they're still going to have that station there. The new station's still going ahead. I think, all of that, yeah. And that's, that's fine. That doesn't mean you have to spend $4 billion on a stadium to match it, you know. <laughs> to get a few, uh, what, another 10,000 seats or something, maybe another 20,000 seats? I was, what, I was that that's that was it was going to be wasn't going to be eighty thousand because no because that's kind of what we need. I would have thought if you're going to do something something like that, but um, yeah, why, why, so why been, go, to, go to that trouble for another ten thousand people? You know? Yeah, um, I think it's been badly handled by a lot of people, and now mm. uh, we are way behind. And they've got some good people involved, but. Having our ex premier heading up everything, then deciding to add Paralympics down the back. And I'm not a political animal, but it, it's been not handled very well at all. And egos, I think, have gotten away and it's just become a mess. And then John Coates and Andrew Liberus have got to sort of rekindle the spirit, Queenslander spirit in Brisbane, yep. to get us embracing 19, the um, 2032 Olympics. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of watching this from afar uh, a lot of the time. But um, as you say, Skip, there's a lot of intelligent people that have been involved, um, irrespective of where we sit in the, the sort of the political spectrum. Yeah. You know, th there's been some very talented uh, people um, that have already been involved and have now gone. Or, yep. And can't be involved again in the future because you know they're they're too on the nose now. But the the lack of a cohesive plan that everyone had bought into prior to the bid going in seems to be to me the um, the sort of the missing ingredient here. And boy, what a what an ingredient to uh, to miss um, making these plans up on the fly, and particularly about the. The main stadium is just staggering yeah. to me, um, yeah. and I, I know there's a couple of things I, I don't understand, and maybe you can help me out with here. Um, the reason why this is sort of on my mind again this week, and why I really did want to poach some time on the pod to talk about this, was I read, and 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 actually my mother reminded me the other day that um, uh, Lang Park is now being mentioned as a potential, mm. uh, as a, as a candidate for redevelopment for. Yeah. Um, uh, for the the stadium, and you know, I, I have the same fears about that that I did about the Gabba. And it's not about the development of the stadium itself. You know, Lang Park doesn't bear any resemblance to the Lang Park I knew. So, it, it, you know, to me, it doesn't really matter. If the facility's good, great. I'm I'm all for it. But what does that do to uh, the facilities and sport for um, for the people that use it for the next you know ten years and and after? 
you know, I, I, I'm worried about uh, about that. You know, I was I was terrified of Queensland cricket team having to play somewhere else for the next uh, ten years. Uh, I was horrified when I heard that they had to pay for some of them <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah. as tenants of the Brisbane Cricket Ground facility. They were well, asked to contrib- contribute a whole pile of money. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, well, the Gabba resembles nothing like the old Gabba, and they've played a lot no. of Shield matches now, or Marsh Cup, or whatever they play. They played a lot of those at um, AB Field at, at Valley, yeah. Valley or Albion. Um, Lions have training facilities out at Springfield as well, but the Gabba is their home, both for both codes. Yeah. So you think that they were going. That I don't know. We're talking about the opening and closing ceremonies to be staged at Suncorp Stadium, and maybe rejigging. QE2, which is... Well, that, that, that's the other one, the other one that's sort of in the back of my mind. Yeah. Why isn't that being spoken of more frequently or more seriously? As, well, it will be now, as, I think. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's where we had the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the Matilda experience. I, I personally, my athletics career, I have run on the Tartan track at um, <laughs> QE2 back in the day. Um. So yeah, I can I can I can give them my endorsement. That's for sure. Wow. <laughs> I think this is the third time that's come up in the pod, Jeff. Well, yeah, I have a question. I I ran an eight hundred meter final zone final at Lang Park when that was our Whoa. zone, um, and I came I came fourth in an eight hundred meters final, uh, only because there was a guy from the Gap High School who I couldn't stand. Uh, <laughs> I ground every bit out of my body to get past him on the straight to run fourth otherwise I was going to be like third last or something yeah I, I, I didn't know I was uh, I was in the presence of such athletics yeah. luminaries <laughs> you know no, we're, we're Queenslanders we're humble we don't like to brag we don't like to yeah we're Queenslanders yeah. Queenslander <laughs> yeah. uh, let me talk you through my athletics career um, it's not going to take a long time uh, I, I participated in the, in, a, in a parents' race at one of my kids' um, primary schools. Here. Is that egg and spoon or three legged? Uh, well, it'd be more Hobble. Hobble? more more just more just a parental stumble uh, for about <laughs> sixty yards, and I managed to come a quite memorable last. Um, and I, I I put it largely down to dodgy knees and. Um, all the spectators, or, I, or should be remembered largely as my kids, remember it as just their big old dad coming last. So, dad was there, yeah. finished with a plum. Finished, finished, well, heaving and doubled up. But, <laughs> but yes, did finish. Did finish. Yeah, and that's, that's my career. Luckily, it was only a 50-meter race. Yes, yeah, well, that's, that's right. If it was 100, it could have killed me. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not exactly up to the posts and back, Jeff, as our um, yes, uh, our two hundred was at, at primary school. Yeah, we 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 were we were the first um, students at Jamboree Heights State School, so it wasn't incredibly well developed. So we didn't have much like the playing fields weren't well, there weren't any. So the hundred the two hundred <laughs> meters involved running running hundred meters, touching a post, and running back. <laughs> <laughs> no one. 
there you go. I didn't. So yeah, I didn't. I don't usually like to. Well, bang, I was there what? pre becoming a state because I was there for a Boy Scouts jamboree. Oh, oh you that, weren't. That Were you part night. of the jamboree? Nineteen sixty-eight was it? Sixty-nine. Yeah. Sixty. Is that right? Eighteen. I would have been eighteen. Yeah, I was a Rover Scout. Yeah. Oh well, we, that's wow. where, that was where we moved to when we moved down from Rockhampton. We moved in to all the streets, the original streets, particularly around the park where it was ground zero. There's seriously Woggle Street, Brownie Street, yep. Scout Street, um, uh, Guide Street, Pack Street, Pack Street. Then they ran out of scouting terminologies. We're in the next development. There were, were Maritime, so we're in <clears throat> Masthead Street. Oh, know, yeah, Masthead Street in Twenty Masthead Street, Jamboree Heights was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that, Jeff. Was it maritime stuff, nautical. Yeah, stuff. yeah, like Halyard, other huh. ones. They're a bit more. They're a bit more. Um, they weren't just like Boat Street and Ship Street. They got a bit kind of <laughs> complex. <laughs> well, there were sea scouts as well, you see. So there you go. Oh, it could maybe, have been that in, was, maybe that was you, Compass. You, that was Compass Street. Yeah, well, we used Compass in scouts, but you could have been in uh, Dip 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 Dob 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 Street. That's, that's true. Okay, yeah. we'll do our best. There was Patrol, there was Patrol Street. Yeah, we'll see all that. You're there. Geez, that's um. There you go. That's that's um. That's uh. We've done the we've done the full 360, haven't we? We yeah, haven't we, much on Origin. No, we're coming back to that now, though. We we come back to that now. So uh, we we actually touched on my uh, my final point about Origin earlier, um, and and that's about. The future of Origin. Now, just before I throw over, I'll just offer that my view of Origin obviously has changed a little bit, being you know uh, geographically removed from it, but not not removed emotionally or, or the three times a year. Um, but to me, Origin hasn't hasn't changed enormously in terms of its importance culturally and its importance on my social cal- on my sporting uh, calendar but I, I wonder if if that's actually the case so I'd be interested in both of your views on uh, where origin sits now and where it's going in the future I read the other day that origin is our Super Bowl now I've, I've watched because the Super Bowl is only recent I've watched that. And I don't understand the whole game, and it's they're, and they're not state against state either, mate against mate. They're um, they're from all over the place. As a spectacle, is Origin is it an Origin series like a Super Bowl? I guess to us it, it is because it's driven by passion and state interstate rivalry. Uh, the world has changed around it all. Is Origin still going to be relevant as the, the world continues to change? I hope it doesn't lose any relevance. I hope that passion still stays, and I guess rule changes will happen within the rugby league format as well to make well, it. They need a, to happen to make it a different game. Uh, there's some things, yeah, that that need to change in in rugby league. It is it is a bit um, predictable. Yeah, five tackle mm. kick, five tackle kick, put a bomb up, and then we'll score. I mean, mm. there's got to be other things. I don't know what else you can do, but um, well, they can change the scrum for a start and put an actual scrum in. Well, the scrums are a joke because there's no scrum at all. No, it's embarrassing. The hooker doesn't it's do just it; there's another half. It says a break for the players. Yes, so where a hooker had to strike and contest the ball, 
I think would be a good thing. Yeah. Not to get like to a rugby union thing where it becomes it's a piece of art, but mm. it really is, you know, the old heads in the hard heads in rugby union or the scrum is the thing. It's you know, uh, rugby league was never like that. It was a no. place where it was a contest for the ball, and away you went. When you watch those earlier games, and I was I was talking to Steve about it. We were we talking about you know giving a bit of a an overview of the game, and you're going. They weren't obviously. It wasn't this get, get to your six and all that. They, they just, it didn't. It wasn't um, this idea. Of possession was everything because there was a chance you were going to win a scrum against the feed. So it didn't. Yes. It wasn't. It wasn't this whole thing. God, you know, if we don't kick, then we're 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 going to be. They're going to score. So it added to that kind of. Some predictability of the game, so there's that real kind of I mean, yes, there's some amazing things with the grand final last year. Things can be unpredictable, but not the, not the way it's played. Everyone's kind of playing the same, um, the same game. Get to your six, kick it somehow, wait for make a mistake, put on the big hit, work out a way to get the ball, get the ball back. But um, yeah, probably the um, that that would be the that would be the thing we'd be looking. Looking to change or find an answer for, but as far as the um, the future of Origin, I just think as long as with as long as we've got from Tossa Turner right through to Billy Slater now, and all the people we've had before from a Queensland point of view, I think I think in the way the world's changing in all sorts of ways, politically, technology, and so on, I think we're always looking for a real, authentic story. And we are so lucky we have one. So we protect it. Everyone protects it. Um, and I think, you know, whether New South Wales, I mean, they're, 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 the good thing is they're part of our story because they're the villain. If you've got archetypes, we're the underdog. We're the underdog. <laughs> well, you've got to have it. And it doesn't change. That doesn't change. We, we, can win, we can win eight in a row. It does not change. We're the underdog. They're the villain. Yep. And I think we as long as we recognize that and protect it and we know the world's changing and we everything's fast and everything's instant and all those sorts of things but i don't we never humans never ever get tired of a really good story and that's why we go to the movies and that's why we read books because we just love a great story and that's what origin is you know and it continues mm. to be so um as long as we as long as we continue to protect it and as long as new south wales play their part, which they do every year. They go, okay, it's like they have a phone call and they get on whoever from Queensland yourself and they go, okay, you guys, New South Wales, you guys, you've got to say that's the worst Queensland side ever or you're no chance. Or, and then we'll go, yeah, well, you know, we've got injuries and, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's, just, it's kind of the same every year, but isn't it? A, it's just a fantastic story. It doesn't, and it never ages. Um, of course, it's the expectation as well that we may get beaten. We may not win mm. through the trot. I uh, think I say this every episode. I get nervous watching replays of games. I know we won because <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, oh, those guys are going to—they're like Dick Dastardly. They're going to come up with some yeah, trick. But the um, the skill levels—I mean, there's yeah. different skills. The players are fitter. The uh, the kicking skills—they're you know, all around the corner now. They're not toe poking kicking, and there's different points allocations and all that sort of stuff. The Biff certainly won't be coming back. But now it's okay to stick the ball in the second row because there's no such thing as a scrum. 
Uh, yeah. You know you're not going to get a penalty for sticking the ball in the second row. Um, you know you're not going to get a Wally Lewis telling Barry Gomes or, or the ref, uh, the grasshopper, give us a bloody penalty. We need to have a breather. Mm. I mean, all those mm. things, That's all those lovely, lovely origin stories uh, where they would say there was bias when Barry Gomes or the grasshopper was refereeing. Now with video and with the bunker and everything else, I mean, it's uh, forward passes, you know. They still oh, look, let we, those go. We, yeah. said, we said to Steve, um, we're trying to defend Barry Gomes, so we said he wasn't, he wasn't, because I think Gary Jack said they called, he just called him a cheap yeah. one. But, but we said, if you look at it, we said he was quirky and unpredictable, but there were games, a lot of games where the penalty count went to New South Wales. It might have been Tony yeah. Curry. We said, there was a game when the penalty count went to New South Wales. He goes, yeah, every referee's got to have an off, an off night. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear TC saying that. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy, isn't he? Good fellow. Yeah. yeah. Good Panther, I mean, eh? Great, well, Halcyon days of West, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, Skip, you're, you're, you're not another one, are you? You're not a West fan. I, well, yeah, I grew up in the West catchment area, I guess. A lot of my mates played West junior football. I went to high school with Yogi Thompson. Mm. Uh, played right. for Australia, West boy. Um, yeah, a lot of my mates came up through, not West Mitchie, but through West um, at Pertell Park. So, yeah. uh, and I followed West when, you know, Harry Cameron, Ian Robson, Richie oh. Twist, uh, Jeff Richardson. Jeff Richardson, Greg Oliphant. Rebo. Wayne Stewart. Yeah. Wayne Stewart, all those guys. Normie Carr, Carr. Gary Prickett. <laughs> Normie Carr. Actually, I didn't think not long back because Norm Carr's son uh, was about to go down and play for, it might have been East in Sydney, but he had a car accident and became a, a paraplegic. Oh, no. Um, so he is a champion. Well, he's a gold medalist in Paralympics in um, wheelchair rugby. But we did a, um, a luncheon with a panel, how to overcome adversity both on and off the field. So we had um, Nunca's son. We had Carl Webb, the late Carl Webb. And we had Michael Hooper who had health issues, um, mental side of things with um, Rugby Union. Um, but Carl Webb was absolutely brilliant. And uh, you can still see him taking it up in his origin days. Oh, and he was yeah. just, oh, tough as teak. Oh, I love um, that, 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 that sequence, his little sequence where he's just hammering, he's just hammering the blues that he got. You get penalised, so he lost the ball, then he got it back, and he was just like out of control. He scored that amazing try in the, yeah. the absolute was... try. Queensland had oh. the cue inside, he had the cues shaped on the yep. side of his head. Yep. Yeah. And then modern modern neuron, and then he died only a few months ago now. But we had, he had us in stitches telling stories about. Uh, I said to him um, about the weights records at the, the Broncos. They now have the Carl Webb leaderboard for their weights in the uh, gym. So he'll never be forgotten. And I said, so how do you react when they beat your records? He said, skip, they haven't been beat. So <laughs> he, he still holds records. And he was, I rang him the next day to thank him because he was so good. And he said, um, when he finally got to the phone, he said, oh, I, I didn't get the phone the first time around. I'm, I'm sorry. And he was in a wheelchair. He said, I've just come back from a run. Yeah. That was going to happen. And he said at the luncheon, he said, oh, I recently won a dancing competition at the um, 
at the Jubilee Hotel with my partner, and he had the audience in stitches. Hard, hard man, tough man, succumbed to a bloody dreadful disease. And he said, you know, he did say, he said, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, he's, 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 um, I actually saw him. It wouldn't, it wasn't that long before he, before he died. He was on his, he was getting wheeled down, um, down, uh, Grey Street through um, on his way to uh, the Broncos. That was last end of last season, their their um, end of season function, and he wouldn't have been well. You know, he wouldn't. It wasn't. And you know, he was he was he was going to it, and people were saying, "G'day, Carl," and all that on his on his way down down the street. So it was um, he was well loved, but he didn't, as you say, he had a good sense of humor about it all. And he and he said, "I wouldn't have wouldn't change wouldn't have changed a thing." So um, yeah, it's. Um, a Dolby yeah, boy, he played, he played for Toowoomba, and the guys in Toowoomba, still one of the guys he played with in Toowoomba, who was a Bronco as well, and then went and played in England, was there that day feeding him, making sure he had a straw for his drink, cutting up his food, doing the whole thing. Um, and I guess that's got nothing to do with origin, but it's the yeah. uh, the camaraderie of all these people associated with rugby league and the stories that are coming from the bush in Queensland. Well, New South Wales has a lot of players in the bush as well, but there's this thing that's been inculcated in them all about the Queensland spirit and the Queensland way. I, I, I disagree with you, Skip. I think that has everything to do with origin. I, I think that that is a, a, a neat sort of um, uh, image of the fraternity that is Queensland's state of origin. And may we never lose it. And may we never lose it. And on that note, we should probably um, we should probably put a line under it. So, uh, well, thank you. And all I've got to say is Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank Skip. you very much, Skip. Yeah. Hang on. Well, thank you very much, Skip. That was tremendous, and uh, a walk down memory lane is very, very welcome. Always on Origin of the Series podcast. So. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Skip. That's brilliant. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for letting me um, spill some beans on what Origin means to me as a very, very proud Brisbane boy and Queenslander to my bootstraps. Well, thank you very much Excellent. and welcome back anytime. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thanks. Well, wasn't that uh, fun walking through um, 80s Brisbane with the voice of Brisbane, Ian Skippen? Walking through Dara, Jamboree Heights, and then we eventually got to Lang Park. But that was yeah, that was that was um, a great that was a great chat with, with Skip, and um, yeah, we um, we covered a lot of a lot of territory. So that was brilliant. We certainly did. Uh, Dara seems to be featuring regularly on our show. Oh yeah, you can't you can't you can't get into Dara now. It's, no. um, and you and you can't get enough of those good Dara vibes. No, that's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I think um, getting a just walking in for a table at Kim Tan or Cameron now is not. That's you know that's that's long gone. It's um six month waiting list. <laughs> Got to know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah, my um my my parents for many years have thought that the Monia is the uh, the cuisine headquarters of Brisbane. It was. And, um... It was. You're talking about um at. Is it Seventy Mile Rocks, the Monia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, but now now Dara's had a resurgence, and um, yeah, so it's all the it's all your classics, um, mm. and even the hot bread kitchen at Dara is, is pretty popular. 
Is it? So, uh, Actually, yeah. yeah, someone mentioned that to me. It might, it might have been Terry. Might have said to me that he was standing in a long line in the in the hot bread kitchen in in Darren. And that also surprised me. Well, I know, I know. Um, my wife went. There was a sewing haberdashery kind of shop. She's running the sewing. She thought, "I'll go in there," and she quickly realised it was a front for some kind of drug establishment. And they did not want to sell me. They weren't selling anyone buttons. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, I feel my editing tool coming out on that one. <laughs> right, so let's uh, let's talk footy, shall we? Let's do it. Game two, nineteen eighty-six. Yeah, first game. Um, we yeah. all know where this is heading, so we're not going to labour on it. But um, we'll, we'll talk through the teams. But having yeah, said well, that, it was you know it was another it was another great game. Queensland uh, had a lot of team changes. New South Wales didn't. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So, tenth uh, of June, nineteen eighty-six. Uh, now, on at the at the SCG, um, and good good crowd, forty thousand, forty thousand seven hundred and seven arrived to uh, to to watch a a very, in fairness, a very good New South Wales team. Um, Play against a, a sort of a patched up. Well, they finally got their halves. We'll talk to the team. But they finally got their halves right with with um, Sterling and Kenny. It's a, you know that's you know, that's, uh, uh, yeah. that's half, the, half the battle. And yeah, it's a really it's, it is a really good side. And um, yeah, it's, and it's, 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 but a few guys, and that's that's all. That's you know, it, it's it's um, uh, it wasn't it wasn't your golden Queensland lineup, but they certainly played well. And we've we, um, you know we're starting to see some really good players coming through. Yeah, I I think you know having having watched it back yesterday, you can sort of identify you know with with hindsight, you can identify those uh, young Queensland players that are that are going to make um, headlines in the future. You know, and, and even the likes of uh, Dale Shearer, who yeah, he's been in for a few games by now, but you know, really exploding as a as the fabulous player that uh, that he would become. But look, it was a great um, great game. Uh, lots of great tries, um, you know. Yeah, a couple some... of the classics, a couple of the memorable ones were on the highlight reel. That's that's right, exactly. The yeah. the highlight reel is features heavily in, in this game. Yeah. So anyway, look, let's let's walk through the team, shall we? Who would you like this week? Oh, can I do the the Queenslanders this week? Yes, yes, please. And, um, uh, at fullback, we have um, Badge Gary Belcher. Now, I worked with Badge at Triple M back in the day. Right. Lovely bloke. Good, obviously yeah. a good player, but yeah, really, yeah, good, good bloke. He's on. He's still on Fox Sports at the, you know, doing doing his thing. He's a, yeah, great player. Had a great game, and um, uh, and was starting to show the signs of of his um, what would keep him in that side for a long, a long time. On the yeah. wing, Shearer, Shearer, and Les Kiss, Bundaberg boy in the. Centers the the uh, the classic. Oh, just cup. before you leave, uh, Les Kiss, I, it, it, it's uh, I have to mention two things about um, about him. One is he and I share a birthday. Um, ah, so n- not world. only not only month and and day, but year as well. Oh, and, really? Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, and he is also now uh, Queensland Reds. Coach. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to, but I know so little about it. But I thought, and it's um, you know, that's that's a serious that's a serious job. So he's obviously a serious guy. But geez, he was a great he was a great winger. 
wasn't he? Yeah, well, he, he's really forged a, a serious career as a, as a rugby uh, coach, very highly uh, thought of. And um, uh, we won't, we won't labour the, the union stuff too much, but I really do think that uh, Les Kiss in, uh, in the Queensland job and Joe Schmidt in the Australian job uh, augurs good, good things for rugby. Well, we need uh, something, don't we? We certainly do. But anyway, we'll, we'll anyway, that's, that's for another. That's, right. that's another game. That's that, another we'll, podcast altogether. That's another one, yeah. Uh, we got the, the, you know, Meninga, speaking of Bundaberg boys, you know Mal Meninga was born in Bundaberg? Did you, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, he was. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Why yeah, didn't Mal, I know that? I should know that. I know. I know. What's wrong with you? So Mal yeah. and Gino in the centres, you know, the no, you know Lewis and Murray in the halves. Now the forwards, there's a big reshuffle here. Yeah. Um, so we had... And Yes, guys like Ian French, they, they weren't new to Origin. We had Ian French, Gavin Jones, and the great Bob Linder in the second row. Daryl Broman, Greg Kineski, like mainstay. I can't believe how many games Kineski played and how yeah. great he was. Um, yeah. And Cavill Hugh, the East. So you had the East connection there with Hugh and, um, and Gavin Jones. Um, Broman was yeah. playing in, still playing in Sydney, obviously. Where was Kineski? Was he at Redcliffe at this point? Kineski was at Redcliffe, as, as yeah, everyone tended to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ian so French at, at Wynnum. Uh, Daryl Broma, was he, I think he was at Penrith, Penrith right now. I think he was at Penrith. Did he ever play for anyone else in Sydney? Yeah, he played for Canterbury. That's right, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I have a feeling someone else, but certainly certainly Canterbury and uh, and Penrith. I always obviously think of him as a, a Norths guy, North, Brisbane yeah. Norths guy, because you know in the um, in the I guess the late seventies, early eighties, you know he was uh, heralded as just you know the next giant thing for uh, for Queensland mm. Rugby League. Um, played his first uh, season of uh, BRL when he was still in high school. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and and a very talented player. And sorry to to uh, harsh your mellow here, but I I know I'm stepping into your turf. But the the sight of a front rower putting up the the pinpoint yeah. ball was yes. was fabulous. Great to see. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Go on. You saw it a bit more back then, didn't you? you, you there were no, there were millions of them, but there was there's even remember Nev Hornery kicking field goals for Wynnum. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a bit more of if you if you got it, you can give it a crack. Now, yeah. now Fords are told, don't you don't we don't want to see any of that business. Yeah, um, yeah. There you go. Now, so what that, did the uh, New South Wales team look like? Uh, well, hang on, just before you do your your reserves in Queensland for that were, game, uh, I don't know. Tessman and Jackson. That's right. Jackson still still at Souths, and right. he would be on the Brad, bench. Brad Tessman came in because. Uh, Brian Niebling was um, last minute uh, sick or food poisoning or something. So yeah, so flew up for the game he, that day. That, that's right. So he he ended up wearing um, uh, the number ten jumper that Niebling should have been uh, wearing, and um, and Ian French I think started in number fourteen and uh, started at lock. So I mean, once uh, yeah, I mean. I am looking for excuses, but not looking for excuses. You go that you know throwing throwing that spanner in, into that spanner into the pigeons. Um, <laughs> so um, so losing like a, you, you know you you lose those connections. 
even with, with the Kineskus and your Nieblings, you're going to a, a long term um, for sure partnership. For- so, you know I mean, the, having said that, I think the, they, the Fords played really well. Um, they, no ab- absolutely. You know, I think no, that, no doubt about it. Um, the, the Queensland pack was uh, was good and and didn't get pushed around. No, but I would have to have to identify that as well as uh, Cavill Hugh played and Daryl Broman played, and they really did bring something to the the game. The loss of Dowling and Dave Brown was enormous. Mm. Um, you know the that that starch that that they give you, and uh, and the ground that that they make. You know Dave Brown's bullocking runs into heavy defence. Uh, you know, I, I think I think we definitely missed that. But anyway, there you go. Um, but a, a heavily sort of uh, adapted and patched up uh, Queensland pack. So New South Wales team, it's it's almost well, it all it is almost exactly the same as uh, as game one. The only change is uh, slippery Steve Morris is out, and Brian Hetherington from the Illawarra Steelers is in. Um, so it's it's as well. So. Quickly, um, friend of the pod, Gary Jack at fullback. Uh, Hetherington and Andrew Farah on the wings. Um, Santa's Michael O'Connor and Chris Mortimer. 5'8", and friend of the pod, Brett Kenny. Um, halfback, Peter Sterling. And what a game he would have. Uh, Locke, Wayne Pierce, second row, Steve Folks and Noel Cleal. Uh, front row of Peter Tunks, Roy Simmons and Steve Roach. So... A very settled and formidable uh, yeah. New South Wales team, and and to be honest, in 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 my mind, this is one of the best New South Wales teams in Origin of all time. I think you're right. Yeah. When you go through it, you see Jack, you see any any side that's got O'Connor, um, Kenny, Sterling, Pierce, uh, yeah. Roach. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good side. Um, yeah. yeah. And they, they, um, they, they would pretty much make any any blues blues side. So um, yeah, yeah, for, so for sure. A, this is a, this is a, the classic um, blues yeah. team that I think of in that eighties. You know, this is this is the one that that comes to Ooh. mind. And, and on the bench, you know, two two really really strong replacements in Terry Ra- Terry Lamb and David Gillespie. So, oh, look, a, the only the only guy who's missing team. is uh, Steve Aller. You know, so really, yeah. Um, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah look, it was, um, it was a, um, it was an interesting setup to the game, wasn't it? Too, because you look at those two sides, and it's suddenly it's New South Wales who have the settled lineup in Queensland. Uh, I mean, they're yeah. not experimenting; it's just through 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 circumstances. But it's a good chance to to see um, see see uh, Badge at at fullback. Making it his own, uh, Linda's locked himself into that side. Good to see Broman back. Everyone recognising his talent. You know, Kineski back yep. where he belongs, um, and of course Lewis and Murray just you know picked themselves. So it's and yeah, Meninga and Miles. So it's not as though it's a, a necessarily a weakened side, but as you not, say, when you take no, out, when you take out your Brown, your Browns, and your Dowlings in those the engine room, and your and your Vortons and your Nieblings. Um, and your Fuller and Smiths, it's it's just a new it's a new thing. You just got to get used to it. But they, no, I, I would certainly not say anybody, nobody let us down. You know, so no, 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 no. It's, it's still a it's still a good team. Uh, just just changed, and, um, and that's evidenced like- by the fact that some of some of the some of the tries scored are classic. 
uh, yeah. try. So, you know, uh, and a very good game. So with that, uh, let's get through. We know the results, so we won't, we won't labor it. But let, I must let, say, me, let me just uh, identify one or two things before I hand over for good is um, the grasshopper, um, Barry Gummersall, is the, the ref. Um, and uh, I enjoy mentioning this just to read uh, so that history doesn't get rewritten. Um, penalties went to the Blues 7 4 in this game. And that's with why a couple at some of them. During the game, Jack Gibson said it was one of his better games. They're atrocious. Seriously. Oh. I, just, I think I grew well, up. We're, we're, we're going to come to that. I have a couple of notes on that. Okay, couple, well, I won't. I won't. Uh, horrendous. Look, um, it was. Um, I think Queensland, there, there's not missed opportunities. We had a lot of a lot of chances. We could have scored in the third minute. Um, yep. You had Queensland on the attack from a scrum and Lewis put Belcher into space onto Miles. They got a ball to Shearer. Tough, tough, tough take, but he spilled it with the line wide open. So we were on the attack early. So it wasn't as though, um, um, uh, you know, we were we were easy beats in this game at all. Like, and it was no. a kind of timid start to the game. We're used to the... The early biff, and that that would come later. But um, uh, while it wasn't biff, Roach got five minutes in the bin for kneeing. Why for kneeing Broman in the face? I don't know why. Was Broman? Do you think recognises such a talent, or why the hell were people? Why was he such a target? Uh, Maybe I, I he think was. That, yeah, the 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 word on the street was that uh, he was both talented and um, not fond of the biff. And right. And I, and I'm, I mean, and I remember that very clearly at, at the time. And you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that's, you know, to suggest that Bre- Daryl Broman wasn't a tough guy is ridiculous. Oh, uh, you know, anyone playing playing footy at that level isn't a, a weakling, right? So there's that, um, and also there's, you know, th- this guy has been in playing in the forwards since he was 16 at a high level. It's ridiculous to think he's yeah, uh, he's not yeah. a, uh, he's not. But a can hard you imagine man. playing? In the BRL, when you're 16, that was, yeah. uh, you know, that was, <laughs> that was no place for, uh, that, not know. for the faint-hearted. There, there was all sorts yeah. of thuggery going on from, oh, geez, yeah. um, plumbers and uh, and cabinet makers every week. Um, I think that I think really Daryl Broman preferred to play the footy, and I think that's maybe what they misidentified as uh, as being soft. And it maybe the, it was the, that, the, whole, that was whole. It was all. It was like that. Um, Almost reverse reverse thinking of your um, what do you think you're doing playing in the forwards with your silky hands and your deft yeah. kicking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Skillful exactly. play and and your thinking and you you and, and your slipping those thinking. passes, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe that was it. But that but that was a nasty it, moment that that kneeing knee him in oh, the head. It was thing. ugly, wasn't it? It was ugly, and it was. And, and this this is one of my commentator moments, uh, Daryl Eastlake saying, looking back at it and saying, "Well, I suppose that's what it might be for." You suppose? Mm. <laughs> you think kneeing a man in the, uh, who's pinned on the floor in the head? You suppose might have been the reason. Well, and I, this I is like he's had right. a broken jaw and one of the most gutless displays ever shown on a footy field. Yep. So you know. Yeah. Would have thought. Anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway. You, there was no, there's none of this um, camaraderie of, amongst forwards, you know. No. Just, uh, no. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Look, 
one thing I did notice, even early, was how good um, Belcher was looking, like beating tackles yep. and showing that, um, finding space. Um, and but the tactic of Mal doing the long clearing kicks early, probably to take the pressure off Wally. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, which it did. Um, yep. um, and there were some good attacking moments early, like that. The Belch, Belch not just showing his footwork, but putting Kiss away for a, an, a, a great run early. So Queensland were looking good pretty early. I don't know. I don't know because we know they lost the series three nil. Maybe we're looking back and going, well, it was all a disaster. But they they had plenty of opportunities and they played some great footy and scored some some great tries in the fifteenth yeah. minute. While but Jack Gibson, Jack Gibson was mumbling on about something. Queensland were on the attack. Um, um, so Koneski gets it to Murray to Lewis, who steps inside onto a, a rampaging Meninga um, and gets it onto to French on his right, and he just goes over untouched. Um, so Queensland have all the, have all the running. It's eight nil, and it's happy days. Um, and we're not to think any any uh, any the wiser that um, that we weren't going to win this one. Um, yeah, as I said, Meninga's taken those long kicks early in the tackle count. There was finally a fight early, relatively early on between Simmons and Kineski, but that's that's just like an ongoing thing. It was an unlikely one, though, wasn't it? Two two guys that you wouldn't... Now, Kineski did have an edge to him, but, jeez, uh, Roy Simmons, <laughs> he threw a few... He gave himself a cold. He keeps blowing breeze around, yeah, around himself yeah. like that. It's a bit like wingers. The hookers should probably... They should stick to the sneaky little headbutts in the scrum, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's 8-0, it's sort of halfway through the first half. And um, so on the back of a uh, the back of a funny run, like folks made a break. It was like an accidental break. And he sort of, he got, he got into the clear uh, and he nearly scored himself. Then the Blues, yeah. um, so the Blues go into the attack from that and um, uh, send it out wide for Farrah to score. Um, off a beautiful Brett Kenny pass, I must say. It was, so, yeah. It was, yeah. He, he, he came into the line at full speed, didn't he? It was just... Yeah. Now, he, like, he did have the... Farrow step, big left foot. He didn't need to step. He was going to score. Um, yeah. But it was it was great. It was, um, uh, and um, O'Connor misses... And he, O'Connor had a bad night with the boot, which is rare. I mean, we're used to... Mm. Queenslanders... Um, uh, with their with the still the toe poke of Mal and, and Cole Scott, but O'Connor with his with his, you know, rugby union pedigree. So the score's eight four. But two minutes later blues are over again. They're just on the attack in close to the Queensland line. And it was just that just that combination between Sterling and Kenny. So Sterling just puts um mate of the pod, Brett Kenny in for a uh and who gets it onto O'Connor um for a try. So it's eight all. One little moment I noticed just after that was Meninga picking up Steve Roach like he was like a winger and thumping mm. him into the ground. He just did you see that? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I, he, he was a. I, I think this is the start of Mel being. Um, no, he's always a big bloke. Don't get me wrong. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's starting to show. Kenny told me about the when they shared the room and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's starting to be the behemoth that he would become. It's um in the thirtieth minute, the cameras cross to see that Craig Johnston, the Australian playing for Liverpool, 
Yeah. Played in the FA Cup winning side. Was it 84? Okay, Liverpool. Oh, I suspect you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a nice little moment. See, um, mm. see Craig Johnson there. Um, now, this is Blues scoring again, this time 50 metres out. So Heather- Hetherington made a break. He gets it onto Roach, who is- sees space. He goes, Jesus, what's going on here? And he um, throws it over the shoulder um, to Mortimer onto Pierce, who scores a really it's – really- yeah, it's a good try. Um, so suddenly it's 12-8. And this is – so quick- New South Wales have scored three relatively quick tries on the back of a, a um, penalty count. A lot of penalties going their way, which you wouldn't think if you listen nope. to Bailey and Maurice and Jack Gibson. So this is a bit of a turning point. So Queensland had looked really good uh, and been on the attack, but three three quick tries and it's it's twelve uh, eight, um, and O'Connor misses again. So he's missed every obviously missed every con- uh, conversion. Now just before half time, Queensland are looking in disarray, and I think you can put this down to. New Ford combination. You still got obviously still got Wally pulling the strings and Mark Murray and uh, Mal and Gino in the centres, but the Blues are st- uh, the, sorry the Fords are still sort of feeling their way a bit. But anyway, they're looking in disarray, but they they're on the attack in Queensland in the Blues twenty two. So on the fifth tackle, not much happening. Now I don't know. Obviously Wally normally puts the bomb up, but it goes to Broman who puts it up. Blues spill it, and um, Ian French jumps on it to score. Um, and uh, so something at half time. It's twelve. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I watched that uh, piece back a couple of times. I, I think Broman was intended to be the guy putting yeah. that uh, that ball up. Uh, I, I think there was a plan to um, the the Blues had successfully, I think, to a degree, um, uh, minimized. Time for for Wally to uh, to get on the ball, and uh, Queensland had a plan to share some of his kicking responsibilities, as you say. Yeah. Um, Meninga's doing a lot of the clearing stuff. I think you're right. Take the pressure off a bit, and when you yeah, got so, when you got when you got skillful guys, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and and I think it was a good plan because Lewis had a great game, and he was able yeah. to. Um, uh, do what he should be doing and, and did best, which is to um, drive the the Queensland team around the park and to be the the centre centerpiece of the attacking moves. So I, I yeah. think that that worked well. But you know, bro, nice that you've got a forward with a with a lovely left boot like uh, Daryl Broma. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, so it's um, so we go in. It's twelve all at half time. Um, It's funny, I think it was Ian Maurice said something. Gavin Jones gave Jack a rabbit killer. What was that? Like some kind of... Uh, yeah, so th- this is the, the, what, the tackle. What's rabbit I don't know what that is. Um, yeah. A forearm, I... a forearm, I've made a note here, forearm in the tackle. Like he just, it's some kind of, yeah. Yeah, so went on about as if no, as if the Blues were like these squeaky clean choir boys, but um, right. So th- thank you. That that was exactly the the other sort of commentating point I wanted to make. Gavin Jones is, is correctly uh, penalised, um, but inc- uh, the the actual incident that he should have been penalised for was the swinging arm in the tackle uh, initially, yes. um, yeah. and then uh, at the completion of the tackle he then drops a pretty soft uh, arm onto the head of the the tackle player. 
So, you know, he, he was quite right. He should have been uh, penalised. And I, I hate seeing those swinging arms anyway because it's too close to the Les Boyd, Daryl Broman thing for yeah. my liking. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to penalise that one, you've got to penalise them all. And, Jesus, oh. how Steve Roach got away with oh. half of the tackles that he made is yes. amazing to me. It's that whole, well, you didn't make contact, so that's okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, sorry. The Queensland put on some, early in the second half, there was some really good attack. One memorable moment was when Mal put um, Shearer away, who looked like for all money he was going to score, and he got the ankle tapped. Mm. And, uh, you know, Queensland, they went on the attack and, and, and were looking dangerous, but that ankle tap would come back later. And um, when, when, when Shearer would, would end up scoring later on, when he got tapped, he got ankle tapped, he, he kept in balance. But anyway. Um, so look, Queensland were looking good. There's still, um, there's still, there's still twelve all, um, um, and Lewis and Miles start combined to put uh, Belcher away once again. Badge is looking really, really good and really comfortable at this level. He's making lots of lots of breaks. Um, he's just had such a good step and a good a swerve. Um, just mm. could always could always find um could always find space. So he's um. So Lewis and Miles put Belcher away. He sends it on to Kiss, who just can't handle a tough ball. Once again, that could have been anything too. So there was a lot of moments like that when they were like touch and go. Um, um, yeah, one great bit of attack from Queensland. Lewis gets to Miles, who puts um, Belcher away. Then he sends it on to Kiss, who can't handle a tough ball, just short of the try line. He drops it, goes into Brian Hetherington, who drops it back to Les Kiss, who picks it up and just flops over the line. And that's one of those tries we were talking about earlier that's on the, on the highlight reel. So Queensland are over, out of, something out of nothing, 16-12. Mal misses the conversion. Um, uh, then um, the next scoring um, opportunity goes uh, 16-14 to the Blues. They get a penalty out of nothing, really. Um, then. With 20 minutes to go, Tessman is on for Jones. Um, yep. So he's wearing number 10 that Nibbling would have been wearing. On the back of four, you know, four penalties in a row, um, Queensland crack after Sterling just puts Kenny in for a simple try close, close to the line. Suddenly it's 18-16. Then we get another try to New South Wales. Farah makes a, a good break from um, a Lewis clearing kick. Farah makes it just runs runs. Three he was a hard guy to put down, wasn't he? He was. Farrah is just so yeah. difficult. You can, see, you can see why they kept picking him because he wasn't the most yeah. brilliant. He was solid. He was an origin player. You know, he was a, a absolutely. I I, I hated them picking him because he was such an effective player, yeah. so hard to to put down, and he's sort of un unfashionable somehow, wasn't he? Yes, he wasn't, absolutely. He, I mean, he wasn't. He was sort of in the Mick Cronin mold, as in he was just a solid. Old school player, um, yeah. you know, he didn't. He wasn't. I wouldn't say he wasn't put him in, in the same class as Mick Cronin, but in that old fashioned, solid, knew how to play, never let you down, mm. um, and did his did his job. Anyway, yeah. So he 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 made a great break from a, a, a kick from um, a Lewis clearing kick. Gets it onto Roach. He was in the clear. He got it onto Noel Cleal. He was over um, beside the post and made it twenty four sixteen. So time's running out. Um, five to go at twenty four sixteen. Um, 
for one of the last scrums of the game on Queensland's 22, Murray put Belcher away, who another great run from. I'll keep banging on about what a great what a what a great game Badge had. But he links up with Shearer, who sprints away, got that little ankle tap that I referred to earlier, that recovered. He not just to go over, but to run around. He did run around towards under the post, but that didn't that wasn't required because time was running out. Twenty four sixteen. They needed um, they needed a, a, a try to win. Uh, go for the quick kickoff. Uh, gave it a, gave it a red hot go um, and didn't work out. Full time, the Blues win. 24-16, so ample opportunity. I, f- I forget at one point too, speaking of what a good game Gavin Jones had, he nearly put Les Kiss away for a, and um, was intercepted. So there are lots mm. of little moments like that. Great play, I think. I think um, you know, while we talk about the pack was unsettled and, and some new faces, you know, they, they, they did well. I, I thought it was, it was a good game, particularly coming up against such a settled Blues side. So. Yeah, and that, that really is the tale of that game, isn't it? Um, yep. Queensland played pretty well, a little bit patchy, which you would expect from a, from a, a team that had been changed a lot, uh, even on the day of the game. But it's against a really good New South Wales team, very settled, containing a lot of absolute superstars oh. of, of the yep. game. And uh, and Queensland came came up just short, um, so. and and they were battling a penalty count. Whether it was, you know, we were talking about it earlier, like Jack Gibson. They they're always banging on about how bad Gomisal was, but as soon as as soon as it started going their way, they were saying, um, you know, he was having his best game ever. You know, I think mm. I think Gomisal was. I, I think he just called it as he saw it. He liked to let the game flow. Um, yeah, uh, they did. And it, while during that, when the penalties were um, going against them, that's when the Blues put on those three tries in a row, which is always hard to come back from, from any any team, any mm. game. So, um, yeah. Oh, there well, you go. Good it's luck. The series series is over. Um, yeah. Let's let's just get rid of 1986 and move on to good times. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we will eventually, but I, I guess to really enjoy the the good times, you've got to go through a few bad times. So we'll yeah. um, we will just move on. So yeah, uh, nice one. And um, yeah, next next time is 86 game three. Um, we're about to turn the corner, but uh, we're going to turn the corner. Let's... We've got some great guests coming our way. Um, yes, we really Alfie do. Is about to come on the scene, and some and um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah, and and just on the on, on the the subject of guests, um, we've been very fortunate to um, pick up a little bit of steam on the on the podcast. Uh, thank you to all the new. Listeners for jumping on board. A reminder to all of the listeners: please uh, think about uh, subscribing or following uh, us on Spotify. We're also on um, uh, Apple Podcasts now, so if you prefer to listen to us there, please do so, and please feel free to tell your friends. That's all my selling for the day. Yeah, nice. Didn't sound too hard, sell, but <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but. And also, um, you can you know buy a lot of our merch. No, we haven't got any merch yet. But we're working, we're working on some merch. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll happen eventually. But yes, I was sorry. I was going to say you you prompted me to say 
we're, um, because we've been picking up a little bit of steam, we're also very, very fortunate that we've got a number of really interesting uh, guests to follow on from the many interesting guests we've had so far. So some really exciting things uh, coming in the future. So um, really looking forward to, to putting that um, into the podcast list. So that's it for today. So thank you very much. Thank you to uh, to Skip for joining us. That was uh, that was great fun, and uh, we look forward to next week. That's right. No, thank you to the Blues. But next week we've got to get through the third game, and then it's 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 onward and upwards. So thank you. We'll be back soon. And good night. Uh,